1: If happiness is a destination, you're never going to be happy. I think happiness is a direction. It's also important to identify what unhappiness is to you. Why do you feel like you are not
2: happy? Hey, besties. Welcome back to another episode of I Missed Me. Today, I have Nyla Naser with me today. She is the host of Untempered and... Untempered is a podcast curated around deep conversations self-development self-love and self-growth which we love and she has created a safe space for people to be vulnerable which we love so thank you so much for being with me today I am so excited to have you here thank you so much for having me it's nice to meet you how are you feeling today how's your heart
1: I'm good. My heart is good. I'm dealing with a lot of jet lag because I came from Dubai. I but know, I so can't believe how long it's. Been. It's been like seven days that I've been feeling like this. So I don't what? know if it's age or <laughs> it's just like normal that everyone. When feels When was like your this. last time in LA? Um, I think it was two and a half years ago. And then before that, I used to live here. I lived here for fifteen years. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, so before that, it was my home. Mm. I kind of packed up my stuff and all kind of like dedicated myself to escapism one day. And I was like, I'm just going to leave. I definitely miss it. My heart belongs in California. So Mm. I named my daughter California. Her Um, name is California? Yeah.
2: I love that. Do you
1: like it? I love it. Yeah, it's like a part of me just always has been in this state. Like my heart's always gonna be here, no matter how much I want to escape or change, change it up. Yeah,
2: I'm always gonna find myself. So back do you here. call her like Callie or something? Callie, oh, yeah, it's her so cute. Callie. What? I've never heard that. It's so cute. Thank you. Um. So I obviously I I read your story. I listened to your podcast, and you escaped. You you said you escaped. Or you left home when you were sixteen. Can you talk to me about that? How is how how is that why. Um, actually, it wasn't even my choice. It was my mom.
1: And okay. she basically I've had a really tough childhood in a way where my parents struggled. They had their own trauma. Um, they were different than um, anybody else's. So you say like, quote unquote, normal parent. Um, so she couldn't take care of me anymore. So I basically had to pack up my stuff and just basically leave. At I was 16. In D- at 16 wow. um, and had barely any money. I think I had $350 in my pocket. And she was just like, you know, you got to go like find out, you know, life and mm-hmm. do your thing because I can't take care of you. Looking back at it now and listening back to my own story, if I used to always resent this event. I used to always struggle with like, why did this happen to me? And then now I realize that if that didn't happen to me, I wouldn't be the person I am today looking at you. yeah, Like sitting here in front of you, having the experiences I had. So as much as I wanted to resent it, it was actually, if I look at it in a positive way, it was a great advantage for me to design my own life.
2: And mature at such a young age and like understand what independence is like at 16. It's crazy.
1: Exactly. I mean, I don't think that everybody should throw out their kids at 16 years old. But I definitely think that there is a way that we can program our minds to think differently about it, which I've had to do because granted, trust me, I haven't always thought about it in a positive Mm -hmm. way. I really did find like solstice in like victimizing myself for a long time. And Until I realized that I have the power to actually change the way I think about it. now I say, instead of saying like, I hate my mom for doing that to me, I say she was dealing with her own uh, generational trauma. She didn't know or have the tools to regulate her own life and emotions. And rather than being the victim, I was able to design my own life and sit here in front of you and write the script and basically make it whatever I can make it.
2: Mm. When did you find forgiveness
1: for that? Only recently, to be honest, like I said, I I definitely felt sorry for myself for a really long time, even though I had the strength to move on every
2: day and And survive. That, I want to say that that's okay, too. Like, Thank you. Yeah, Like feeling sorry for yourself and feeling grace for yourself of like, I shouldn't have gone through that, even if I forgive it, like it doesn't mean that it's okay. Like that is okay too.
1: Yeah, you're right. And I think it's exactly what you're saying is it's, it's part of the process. Mm-hmm. You can't just, so everything takes stages and levels. And I think that's kind of the beginning of feeling like really low and rock bottom. Mm-hmm. But to be honest, like I think the whole story is a, a great example that survival and will and ambition comes from suffering. Mm-hmm. If I didn't have that experience, if I didn't suffer, I wouldn't have had the ambition I have today.
2: Yeah, growth comes from pain. Like it really, really does. So you are forced to, you know, be independent at 16. How is your, how did that help? And how is your relationship with loneliness now? Um, It was awful for the longest time. Again,
1: I would say only recently I've been able to be alone. So here's the thing with loneliness. Anytime that you look at, Loneliness, you think this is a terrible thing. For me, I identified it with, because I always spent so much time by myself. I spent so much time lonely as a kid growing up. So I equaled that to abandonment, isolation, and fear, right? And as soon as I was starting to do the inner work and work on my inner child and go to therapy, it just seemed like all these people that know what they're talking about, like people who are like um, Tony Robbins, shamans, monks, um, um, life coaches, all these people kept saying, you need to be alone. And I'm like, that's really weird because it sounds like you're giving me double the poison but telling me to heal. Yeah, And soon enough, I realized that there's only one way to grow and it's to eliminate all the noise and the energy from the people that are around us. And that doesn't mean that these people are bad, but there's just so much going on. It's almost impossible to focus inward if you are looking at the news, looking at social media, surrounded by 100 friends with different energies, doing different things. It's impossible to focus inwards mm. and be able to find your true self. Yeah. So, until you find solitude and peace in being alone, mm. you won't really be able to evolve. Yeah. So, there is such a great, great, great positive thing that comes out of being lonely Mm. if you use it for the right reasons Mm.
2: and I love that you separate those two like solitude and loneliness because they're two completely different things I feel that loneliness is learning how to be by yourself and then solitude is learning how to be with yourself with our two completely completely different things how did your process start and what would be your best advice for someone who's struggling with being with themselves and feel like they're by themselves because I feel like society also pushes it a lot when you're a kid and they see you see the lonely ch- the, the lonely kid and they're like, oh, he's alone. He has no friends. Like he's a weirdo, you know, like society kind of pushes you mm. the fact like since you're little that being alone is a bad thing. So you kind of have to like grow up and reconstruct like it, it's really not a bad thing. Like loneliness, it, you can't feel alone if you like the person that you're alone with and all of those things. But like those are those are things that only you can can work on. So what helped you and what what is your base advice that you can that you would like tell someone who's struggling with, you know, finding that. Solitude. I would say go and do it
1: because the first thing I did was literally do that. I just like even recently now, um, even before that, when I first started, I would just like get an Airbnb somewhere, you know, like, I don't know, a little bit just kind of disconnected. Like I was in Topanga Canyon by myself for three days like mm. last week. And that was the best thing I've ever done. And I loved by it. By yourself, literally by myself. Mm. And I wanted that. That's what I wanted. Like my friends were texting me. Let's go to dinner. Let's do this. But the reason I did that is because something about sitting and reading and reading about self-help or listening to a podcast or even if you wanna just watch a movie and disconnect and just being by yourself and waking up and making your bed and making your coffee, sitting outside watching. I was watching like the trees just ruffle and listening. It's so the, beautiful. It's so beautiful. If you focus on the littlest things, like literally the drops of coffee going on the side of your mug, you literally start to eliminate all that noise you start to enjoy the silence of your own brain. And then this is, this is what opens up your neural pathways to grow. Mm-hmm. Then you can let in positive knowledge. Then you can let in um, your, your goals start to become more clear. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, I really want to do this. I started getting really good creative ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think do it. And if you struggle with – a lot of people give me this. They're like, I struggle with sitting by myself because my brain will not stop. And I think the best way to deal with that and tackle that is to get a book. Because when you're focusing on words, your brain can only do that. Mm-hmm. And then get a book where you can really immensely dive into. So what is it that you're working on? A book about self-confidence, a book about self-esteem, a book about relationships, marriage, whatever it is. Just get a book. And even if you say, oh, I can't get a book. I have ADD. No, just literally, as soon as you disconnect, come back in. We can teach our brains to do mm-hmm. something that's unfamiliar.
2: And sometimes I feel like your brain not shutting up is a good thing too. like if you like and I've heard that a lot before where like people don't allow themselves to be alone because their brain won't shut up. Mm -hmm. But like sometimes your brain is trying to talk to you through the things that you have to heal. And because you're not allowing it to talk, then you just can't give yourself that space like sitting in silence and your brain is like trying to talk to you about this situation or this like. Sit down and, like, organize your thoughts and be like, why am I thinking this? Like, why are you attacking me? Like, where can, how can I organize the, these thoughts? You can't organize your thoughts until you don't allow, you know, yourself I to think about that. them.
1: I love so much that you said that because it's also so, so true. Like, our bodies and our brains are constantly giving us messages. Mm-hmm. And it's just a matter of whether we're going to listen or shut it down yeah and I think that for example a, sh- a example of shutting it down when I was dealing with severe depression major depressive disorder and all this stuff and everybody wanted to diagnose me with this but really I should have been diagnosed with the fact that I just couldn't be alone and I wasn't listening to my body so as soon as I would feel sad I would drink or as soon as I, like fixing things by you know chemically altering your brain was just a form of escapism and also a form of muting what your body was trying yeah. to tell you. As soon as I did what you're saying, which I love that you said that, it's like, let me just hear what my body's telling yeah. me. Why am I unhappy? What's going on? Oh, there's a fear. There's a sadness. There's a, Let me sit with that emotion, figure out what's the root of that emotion and how I can work on it.
2: Yeah, literally just like figure it out. And that's like super important because like we run away from the pain but until we don't sit with the pain, we can't heal the pain. So it's just this constant cycle of, like, Vicious eventually cycle. you're going to have to, like, slow down and, like, sit down with, you know, yourself. So you are a skydiver. Yeah. Which is crazy <laughs> to me because that is, I feel like that is the one thing I would never do is, like, skydive. Really? Yeah, I just have, Even like... Even if I tried to convince you. <laughs> well, I, I would probably do it with you. <laughs> um, it's just, like, I have this very big fear of, like, I'm so, um, like, to pain, Mm. To pain of, or, like, getting hurt. Like, I can't do tapping because it hurts my skin. Like, that's mm. how sensitive I am to pain. So, like, just skydiving, I don't know. Why but is that? I, I don't know. I really don't know. Has I that don't always know. been
1: that way or is it that more recent?
2: Uh No. I, I don't even know the root of it because... when I was little like nothing happened to me maybe it's like past lives or something I I really don't know what it is but I admire you so much for that because like that's crazy that's insane but it requires that like it gives you a lot of adrenaline you know Mm -hmm. and that's also an emotion that you can become addicted to of like there's people that are addicted to adrenaline that it's how you would say it is for you for me it wasn't about adrenaline because
1: I was afraid of heights and I was like you know I don't know if this... I can curse, but, you know... No, you can I was shitting yeah. myself. Yeah. <laughs> the, first, the first time I jumped was not even about, like, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm an adrenaline junkie. Like, actually, I was the opposite. I was in a state of severe fear of everything in my life. Um, And I want to come back to you mm. saying about the pain thing. And I think I was the same. It's like, I really was afraid of discomfort so much. It paralyzed me. Mm. And I don't I know what, what happened. Is. Yeah. What happened was... Like, my mom broke my heart. She did something that was where I was trying to regain my relationship with her. And so I was coming from a rock bottom broken heart, dealing with depression, substance abuse. And I basically just something in my brain was like, I need to change the pattern that I'm living in right now or I'm going to die. Mm -hmm. And funnily enough... It just like it was the weirdest thing it was like, I believe in signs. And I was like, let me just listen to the world. Let me listen to what I'm trying to say. It was literally like a radio advertisement on getting your license. Like it was just random. And I was like, I'm going to do that. A part of it was also I really wanted to get out of the ordinary. I was living with the same pattern of the same friends, doing the same things, eating the same restaurants, talking about the same things. Mm. I wanted to be extraordinary so bad. Mm. So it was more about self-confidence and me being able to know that I can get out of that pattern because it just felt like I was on a hamster wheel. Mm-hmm. The thrill and the adrenaline obviously comes with it. It's, mm-hmm. a fa- it's a package deal. In the beginning, that was the most thing I was uncomfortable with. The thrill wasn't a thrill. I was like, like I said, like so afraid. It was mm. so scary. But the second that I knew that I can land by myself and that I could actually do something so insane. You could never yeah. tell in okay. my, my inner child that that's what she was yeah. going to do when she was older. It was like, oh, my God, wait, I'm capable of doing so much more than I give myself credit for.
2: Mm-hmm. So do you think it was a way of proving to your mom or to whoever it was like I can actually do things and they can be even greater than what I could have ever imagined, like even greater than what I could have ever imagined.
1: Yes. You think it was more that? Yeah. And I think it comes from, again, suffering. And my my mom never believed in me that I can do these things. And she wanted me to take certain paths that I didn't take. So it was proving a point, but it ended up being the best thing that I've ever done.
2: But let me just tell you something. And I I know that this is going to help a lot of people because... Your mom didn't break your heart. Like, your mom shaped your heart. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that is a very beautiful way to, like, see heartbreak. Because, like, nobody can break your... Like, your heart doesn't actually break. And I know that I talk a lot about, like, heartbreak and stuff. But that's, the, like, the, you know, the the word that we use nowadays. But, like, your heart doesn't actually break. It just, like, shapes, you know? And, like, once you understand that, like, people shape your heart, Is like, thank you, you know? That's like, so you, sweet. Yeah. That's so true. So,
1: yeah, the things that I heard from um, a life coach recently said the things that have happened to you didn't happen to you they happen happened for, for you. you yeah and that's huge because as soon as you take power of your own life and get out of the victim state mm-hmm. it's revolutionary it's like your whole life changes and it's all in your own hands mm-hmm. nobody came and took away
2: the victim state you mm-hmm. did yeah exactly and the, they they were actually helping you yeah and because you didn't want to see it as help you put yourself in this victim space of like everything is happening to me but yeah. like no they were trying to like shape where you're actually meant to be which is like a a very beautiful way to see it and also so much easier to be able to just forgive you know yeah um so you become a mom yeah how has that experience been for you becoming a mom I think so many people have so many different
1: words for it because there's so many beautiful things about motherhood the most specific thing that I took away from it was Um, I think I would say I grew up a a lot around having a wrong warped version of what love is because I saw my parents break up. I saw everybody break up. You know, I had really rough relationships and rough partnerships. When you have a kid, you really learn unconditional love
2: besties i would have never imagined having and owning a business until i found shopify i've told you the story before when i was 17 i decided to start my clothing brand and i was only able to make it because i found shopify seriously besties selling and having an online store is so easy just because of shopify shopify is a global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person and pos system wherever and whatever you're selling shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout 36 percent better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms besties seriously i could not recommend shopify more i would have never imagined having the business that i have you guys know that i sell hoodies it's called i miss me project now but It's all because of Shopify. It is so easy to use and I am someone who's really, really bad with technology, believe it or not. So I love Shopify. It's just super easy to use, so easy to design, to sell and to ship. Sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at Shopify.com slash All lowercase go to shopify.com slash now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Again, besties at Shopify.com slash and sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at Shopify. Besties, who is a fan of cowboy boots like me? kovas is my new favorite boot brand because they're bringing a fresh perspective to heritage bootmaking. So they've carried forward all the time honored traditions and quality you find in a great pair of cowboy boots, but they've innovated on comfort style and service. Their Western boots for men and women are handmade from the most premium leathers with over 200 time honored individual steps. These boots are Austin designed, Texas tested, and handmade down in the bootmaking capital of the world, the Mexico. Tecovas is western to their core, offering a bunch of other head-to-toe western staples. Besties, if you've ever wondered if you can pull off cowboy boots, then you should pull on a pair of Tecovas. You will see they will become your new favorite footwear. And if you can't make it into a store, Tecovas delivers the most premium quality and most comfortable western goods right to your door. Visit tecovas.com, that's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com and point your toes west. Again, that's T-E-C-O-V-A-S to get your new pair of cowboy boots. Thank you so much, Tecovas, for sponsoring today's episode. That's what I've heard and that's why I wanted to ask about it because I don't, I'm not going to feel it until I have a kid, Mm -hmm. but every single parent and my parents say like, you're never going to understand the love that you can feel until you have a kid, like you, you just really can't.
1: Yes, it's so true. And I just had actually I just spoke with Richard Grannon on my podcast about this. And he said something when I was like, whoa, a mass school shooter's mom will still love him. Hmm. She will be heartbroken. She will be so sad. She will live the rest of her life feeling guilty, but she will still love her son. Hmm. And that really describes what motherhood is. And when you have that power of being able to unconditionally love another human to that point, it's. It's the biggest um, weapon to, if you use it wisely, to change yourself. If you really want to be the best mom you could possibly be, you use that unconditional love to make you stronger and make you the best version of yourself. The second that Callie came into my life, I was like, okay. I literally got the inspiration for this podcast. I got the inspiration for doing so many things for myself and for fixing and healing. hmm. Um, so she's everything,
2: and I highly recommend being a mother. Uh, How old is she? (laughs) She's three now. So you find out you were going to be a mom. Was there any underlying fear of, I don't want to be like my mom?
1: There was more... Yes, there was underlying fear that I was going to carry on generational trauma because there is a karmic imprint in all of us, Yeah, and unless we do the work, we can this will always keep going on. So we have to do the work to reverse it or stop it right there and change the karmic pattern. And that was one thing that it it gave me. Again, Callie coming into my life, I was like, I need to change this generational trauma. I don't want to deal with her or react to her the way my mom reacted to me.
2: Mm. And it was just yesterday that I was like scrolling through TikTok and I saw this quote that said like, pain is carried through pain is carried through generations until someone is able to feel it. And I think yes. that is so powerful. And mm-hmm. do you think that you have been able to break that cycle of, you know, the, that pain or maybe things that were carried on in your family to I, be able to, like, be the best mom for, for Callie? I hope so. And I think it's a process.
1: I don't think for you're sure. ever done
2: being self-aware. And mm-hmm. I don't think you're
1: ever done healing or, you know, like, Oh, we're good. Like I know for a fact that I'm never going to pass anything on. Different situations bring out different things in you. And because the sponge that you are, we are all our inner child. We are all kids. Literally, we are all the toddler that the parent was like talking to either either consoling or screaming at. like we are still that person. So it's a matter of just continuing the hard work. I never put a finish line to it. I feel like I'm happy to say that I will work my ass off until the day I die on breaking that pattern Mm -hmm. and hopefully when i'm in my grave i haven't passed on anything but it is hard and yeah it's imprinted in us Mm -hmm. so you have to keep working you can't just give up
2: what are the the main and most important values that you would want callie to grow up with i think the most
1: important thing is right now i get scared about comparison so i really want her to I, i want to equip her with the right um value for herself if she values herself highly like self-value yeah yes highly value yourself baby i always like that's the biggest thing i say in my head like because there are so many people in our lives that will come and go some will make us grow and some will aid us in in loving better and some people will suck our energy and m- make us retire emotionally yeah. so to be able to um filter through and just understand you need you need to have self-worth yeah like if you see people who have a pattern of always dating narcissists or always dating people who end up cheating on them and whatever sometimes you almost have to ask yourself the question that what is your self-worth why do you think that you deserve that yeah
2: is that is that what you think you're worthy of exactly
1: and so with that with now knowing that her generation is just going to have social media like you know when she's 11, she might see, see kids, you know, on their phones. I mean, oh, she will never have a phone at 11. But, you know, I've seen it. <laughs> I I've love seen that. And Dubai. I
2: highly recommend, like, my kids are not going to have a phone until they're like 15.
1: Exactly. Same here. Like, they're not
2: going to be iPad kids. They're no. not going to no.
1: And she's not right now. And I think that's the most thing I'm trying to instill in her because I think it's the root of everything. If you have self-worth, you won't compare yourself to the girls online. If you have self-worth, you won't date partners that are going to ruin your life. If you have self-worth, you will
2: strive for what you dream about because you know that you're worth getting that can you kind of define self worth or like yeah kind of explain thinking highly of yourself in a way where you know that you're a
1: light and you deserve bright light and you deserve good energy and being able to almost pick yourself up when you're down and not rely on anyone else because your strong your inner voice is strong Mm -hmm. and powerful and it tells you that you're strong and powerful Mm -hmm. and even on your lowest moments you know that you are worth what you're striving for I think that's self-worth have you struggled with comparison yourself I struggled with comparison in the very very beginning when I was modeling I was impossible not to compare And you're beautiful too. Thank you. You're
2: gorgeous. Not
1: what Hollywood thinks and not what LA thinks. And I think that even the most stunning model out there will feel so insecure because there will be somebody more stunning than her. Sure enough, you will learn when we will all learn that that means nothing. It's literally about what you feel about yourself. Mm -hmm. And this is why I don't like the modeling industry. And I hope that Callie never wants to be a model because you are literally being judged on what you look like. Nobody cares who you are uh, on the inside. Yeah. Um, so, comparison-wise, va- they it. put a value on your beauty. Yeah, exactly. Now that I've grown, I am proud to say that I like to. I don't compare myself to women. I like to collaborate with women. If they don't want to collaborate with me, that's fine. No problem. We will go our own. We'll dance our different dances. Yeah. But I love to collaborate with women and empower women. And hopefully, they feel the same. It's not my fault if they don't. You
0: mm-hmm. know.
1: But I'm not going to compare myself to anybody else. Hmm.
2: It is literally a death sentence. What do you think, the like, what is the root of comparison? Because I feel like the root of comparison is this underlying fear of if they do well, I can't do well. Yeah. I feel like that's the Which mentality of a lot of people is that if mm. they do good, that means I'm not doing good. Or mm. if they do good, that means I can't do good. So do, do you, would you think that's the root of, like, what's the root of That comparison? comes from low self-worth.
1: Yeah because why are you comparing anyway? You are not happy with yourself. You're not when you don't validate yourself and you look for validation somewhere else, you're already setting yourself up for failure. You already know you're going to be miserable. You have to validate yourself. For example, your podcast is amazing. I listened to it and mm-hmm. I'm like, imagine like how many podcasts are out there? Like millions, right? Focus on you, do your podcast well, and then me is a fan you know i'm gonna listen and i'm gonna be like this is a great podcast now i can listen to this podcast as well it doesn't mean that my ears only belong to you but there's enough out there for everybody so there's no reason to feel like there's just like scarcity complex Mm. you know and again self-worth i Mm. think women who collaborate are are moving the world forward and women who compete are gonna end up last because they're gonna end up miserable no matter what there's always gonna look like that someone else is doing better than you
2: yeah And maybe they are. And that doesn't take away the fact that you're doing good. Yeah, exactly. Like someone doing good doesn't mean you're doing bad. Yeah. Everybody's on their own journey. Yeah, exactly. So you're, you you suffered from comparison because it really is like an illness. It really like eats you up while you were modeling. How did you work through it? Did you have to like leave the modeling industry or did you work through it while you were being a model? Or how did you navigate your comparison journey?
1: Um, I wasn't
2: equipped with the maturity or the
1: emotional intelligence to know what to do. But okay. the only, I only learned to know what to do when I hit rock bottom. Okay. When I realized that I was miserable, I was too skinny, I was eating so unhealthy, my hair was falling out. Um, I, you know, I was just trying to make every event so I can be seen. Like, I realized yeah. that I was in a rat race that had no finish line. And I think the rock bottom is always what makes us wake up. And then I woke up and I was like... Why am I doing this? Actually, the only reason I was modeling is because I was seeking self, I was seeking validation, validation. from others. Mm-hmm. If people liked my picture or people followed me or people just said, "Oh, you're pretty, whatever," I was getting validation from that. That validation would probably last 0.5 seconds. And so that was an inwards problem. Mm-hmm. And I was young. I was like 21. I'm 33 now. So, it took me a while, but then as soon as I removed myself from it, I was like, "Oh, I didn't need that Hmm. and I I moved to starting my own business and from then on it was self-validation.
2: Yeah you kind of like for like starting a business you have to give yourself validation because if you don't then nobody's gonna you You can't convince yourself to like something you don't like you know absolutely yeah um where are you now like mentally spiritually how's your heart like would you say that you're in a place where you're at peace yeah I think I'm at peace because for the first time, I'm prioritizing
1: myself. I'm building boundaries that are necessary to protect psychological boundaries to protect myself. Mm. Um, I'm saying yes less and saying no more. Yeah. I'm not just people pleasing so that I can be surrounded by more people like I used to be like oh that person's a friend I've known them for 10 years maybe I will just let them you know walk all over me it's okay there's history no Mm -hmm. I've built boundaries now where I do feel like I can easily just sit with myself in the car and be like I am so happy that I'm not letting anybody eat my slice my my eats you know eat energy out of my day Mm -hmm. Um, so I do feel at peace, and I think it takes that amount of peace to be able to go to Topanga Canyon and stay in an Airbnb for three days. People yeah. might think it's crazy, but it's not. What is happiness to you? I could I could talk about this subject until I go blue in the face. Mm-hmm. But I think happiness, if, it, if happiness is a destination, you're never going to be happy. I think yeah. happiness is a direction. And I think it's also important to identify what unhappiness is to you. Why do you feel like you are not happy? Are you relying your happiness on something that you're going to attain, something materialistic, even a promotion, anything? If you set yourself up for something like that's a contingency, you're never going to be happy. Happiness is about being empowered in the very moment and not just chasing the feeling. Mm. So, for example, if you just literally just count your blessings, if you are working towards a purpose, you have meaning in your life, you have healthy children, you have a healthy partner, even if you're having issues with your partner, even if you have issues with your children, in the end, we have to go back to the basics because I feel like we don't feel happy because we are looking outwards, not inwards. Yeah. And being happy is not living in the past and thinking, I wish that didn't happen. And it's also not looking in the future and being like, I wish that could happen. Mm -hmm. It's being in the very moment and understanding what you're surrounded by at the very, moment and being present in that moment and feeling like you have meaning and you're grateful Hmm. and that's super important I used to live in I was like the classic
2: live in the past lady yeah and that just brings anxiety so much anxiety and so much depression of like I could have I could have I could have
1: the could have is the biggest is it's it's like a gun to the head because you cannot do anything about the past. You yeah. cannot control the future. You cannot do anything about the past. So it where, really is the heaviest like backpack. Exactly. So where should you live?
2: Probably the present because it's here and you yeah. do have control over what you do today. Hmm. Before I close off and <laughs> jump into our last question, I want to give you a little gift. Yay! I have I love gifts. a clothing <laughs> brand. And before I give it to you... Um, it's called No Name Project. It's now I Missed Me Project because it's under the, the podcast. But the whole purpose of my brand, and you'll read the message behind the, the hoodie, is that we're all strangers healing together. And 10, uh, 40 minutes ago, I didn't know you. And now I feel like we just had the most deep conversation where we like realized that we have things in common. And it was just such a healing conversation. And that is kind of just like my purpose of the podcast is to let everyone know that whatever it is that you're going through, even if we don't know each other, we're connected. So I this love is for that. you.
1: <laughs> oh, and honestly,
2: I celebrate you.
1: What you're doing is incredible. And I love your podcast because it is really it. You can tell that it's genuine when mm-hmm. you are talking. Like even when I heard one of your podcasts, and you're like, you're like, I've been away. I needed to take some yeah. time to myself. And I love that when you're just so upfront and personal. Um, So I really... I commend you. Don't stop. Thank you so much. Don't ever
2: stop. Thank you so much. I'm going to put this on. Yeah, please. (laughs) No, put it on. Because I want you to answer the last question with it on. Okay. Oh, my God. (laughs) So, there we go. Jumping into our last question. Oh, no, I'm wearing blue and brown. It's okay. (laughs) There we go. Jumping into our last question, I want to ask you something that I ask everybody that comes and I miss me, and that is, what does healing mean to you? Healing is not the sense of what
1: the word actually means literally uh, because you cannot erase wounds. You can scar, you scar, but you still know that the wound was there. Mm -hmm. So healing is about growing and being able to evolve past with what happened to you didn't happen to you. It happened for you and being able to understand that that is an advantage for you to change and reprogram the way that you are are and help others Hmm. um giving forgiveness to others is healing Hmm. um i would say healing is the opposite of hurting because hurt people hurt people yeah and people who have healed or in their healing journey can help others like us Mm -hmm. you know we're all healing from something so if you use it for your own power and to spread positivity and knowledge to others that's healing rather than bringing everybody down and taking a victim play for the rest of your life. Like
2: it's just hmm. I think it's the the thing that we should all strive for. You have 12-year-old Nyla in front of you. What mm. would you say? Biggest advice you would give to 12 year old 12 year old Nyla and a stranger that is going through the same things that you went through. It's okay. I would say it's okay. It's okay to feel alone. It's okay to be scared. It's okay to
1: feel like all those negative feelings But just use it and use it to your own power and your own strength and keep going. Never stop. In the end, it's what you do for you that matters. And everything that is everything that you're seeking is already inside of you.
2: Hmm. Thank you so much for this conversation and for being here for your time. Thank you guys so much for watching. Um, Where can people find you? Um, I host a
1: podcast called Untempered or you can follow me on Instagram at Nyla.
2: <laughs> <laughs> thank you guys so much for listening um, don't forget to follow me on social media Mafia is everywhere don't forget to listen to I Missed Me follow I Missed Me everywhere and I have a clothing brand No nonameproject.co to go get your hoodie Super soft. and don't forget that we're all strangers healing together I love you guys and I will see you guys on our next episode with love Mafia